Hey friends, it's your girl Britt and Joy Jolene. Welcome to Back to Her. If you aspire to heal, evolve, or revolutionize, this podcast is for you. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram at official back to her. And that too is the number two. Let's get it. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Back to Her podcast. Welcome to our Cautious With My Career series. Um, We're very excited for y'all to be joining us today. Happy Sunday. And we're very excited to introduce a special, special guest today. Thomas J is joining us to talk about just all things career, all things, you know, resume all things choosing your career all things everything surrounding career and we're very excited to get into this conversation I'm excited to further in the episode tell you guys so much more about um, how I know Thomas J and our um, special relationship and everything that he's done in my life and all of like the lessons he's taught me throughout the years of me being at Morgan State University he's definitely a, a fellow Morganite so I'm excited about that as well. So yes, y'all, let's get into it. So um, could you, Thomas J., could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you currently do? All right, what up, what up, guys? I'm super happy to be here. Thank you all for having me. Um, my name is Thomas J. I am an event planner, um, event manager for SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park, uh, managing sports, entertainment, um, and intimate style events on our campus. Um, ranging from large-scale productions to small affairs. Um, and so, yeah, I got, got into that about 10 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm an HBCU graduate, like you stated earlier, Morgan State University, um, PG County native. Uh, yeah, I'm a walking contradiction. I'm a multitude of things, multidimensional. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I am um, multifaceted. And so, yeah, yes. yeah and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so excited to have you. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about like what made you decide that career path and your journey to get into where you are now? Absolutely. Uh, It started uh, at Morgan. Um, I was the junior class event coordinator. Shout out to Shaquaya McKenzie. Um, We were, she had won the election for our class that year. Um, and I knew I wanted to plan events. I was like, man, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like there's just such a lack of um, school spirit and enthusiasm on our campus. I feel like we need to have programming that truly speaks to where the students are culture-wise. Um, and this to bring some more um, energy and some more life into, into campus. And so I, I approached actually both candidates who were running for president and vice president. And I said, hey, I want to be a event coordinator just in case either of them won, I had the yes. opportunity to do what I wanted to do. And so Shaquaya ended up winning and she chose me to be a part of an event planning team. And I was the tactics director responsible for um, the run of show on the day of events. And so making sure that our itinerary was kind of really granular as far as like when the doors opened um, at six o'clock, for example, and then we were, you know, doing intro music at 601. The hosts were coming on the stage at 610. You know, the first act was coming on at 625. And so doing that and being tasked with that really helped me get to the strategic understanding of events. And then um, as the junior class event coordinator, I, of course, wanted to do more. And so once um, the following school year came about, I had the opportunity to become a Mojo Council Director, which is now currently known as the uh, Campus Activities Board President. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the Mojo Council Director for two years, and the that really was like, okay, I could potentially see myself doing this as a career. Um, Morgan not having event planning or any type of thing in that realm as a, a major kind of like was a little deterring because I'm like, well, how would you go about doing that? Yeah. But genuinely SGA Morgan State Emoja Council was kind of how I decided like I want to go into events I think I'm pretty good at this yeah yes and can I just say like watch well you know what's funny (laughs) I don't even know how this happened but when I was a freshman at Morgan I was actually my first position I had in SGA was an events coordinator and I don't know Mm -hmm. how I just miraculously I can't remember what made me choose that position, but um, that was my position when I just got there. And I definitely got to see like 
the ins and outs of how events should go, how event planning should go, how creative you should get. Like I got to see that. And I was, when I became SGA president, I was very thankful for me having that position because mm-hmm. events play a huge role in like everything that goes on on campus and every organization um, is throwing some type of event. So I feel like that's a skill that everyone should have or at one point learn, you know what I mean? So I always have respect for that um, position, even from when I started off as an events coordinator. And I just also want to say, like, you were always amazing at your job, like always on top of it, always motivational. Like you definitely set that, not even status quo, but like you set that standard, that example of, taking events seriously, planning them out, being like very professional, like you set the tone for that. So I'm honestly, I'm not even surprised that you are where you are, where you are today, because you're amazing at that. And I feel like it's a natural gift that you had. Thank you. I really appreciate you saying that because like, Mm -hmm. I think something that really stood out to me is like when I was going out for a Mojo Council, it's Mm -hmm. like, before that, there were only a couple of select individuals who were, like, responsible for, like, what the homecoming concert lineup was going to be, or what mm-hmm. the homecoming week was going to be. It was, like, maybe two or three people. And I never thought that that was fair. I was like, hey, like, why aren't we being represented on every level, at least every, you know, class? And then we should be represented by non-traditional students, what they want to see, you know, what yeah. they have the time for. What do our commuter students want to see? What do they have the time for? And so we, when I became Emoja Council Director, I made it really a point to have an actual Emoja Council to actually be have multiple people be brought to the table so all our voices could be heard and that's why we were able to have the first pool party ever in the like the last couple of years and then since then i don't think morgan's had morgan has had a pool party since you know, i think we've been able to do programming that you wouldn't have seen ordinarily ordinarily if it wasn't for multiple people coming to the table so i appreciate your note there because it really was a point for me to say hey like how can we make this bigger and better than we ever done? yeah not even you know so yeah And that's always how you have to think about it. Like, how can I elevate this? How can I make it into something different that doesn't already exist? I feel like that's an amazing mindset to have as a leader in general. So this makes me want to, I know you're telling us about, you know, that journey leading up to the college. So I feel like a lot of our listeners are either like still in college. Um, I know we have some people who are in high school, um, but I know a majority of our people have graduated from college, right? And everyone, not everyone, but I in particular hit that like post-graduation depression where it was like, you know, I saw, I was doing all this stuff in college. I was doing great. I knew what I wanted to do. And then I graduated and life was just completely different. Like I hit like a wall of like who is joy what does joy really want to do this is the real world you know what I mean so could you talk us through that journey of like getting your dream career you know post college and the struggles that came with that and the lessons that came with that and the growth as well yeah that's a really good question uh because it's it is something that is widespread among a number of people who graduate and you are doing so many amazing things in college and it seems like there's such a bright career that in your immediate future and then once you get onto the real world you get to see the job market and the economy and you know there's things at large um on a larger scale than you were when you were in the that bubble at school um and so it was incredibly difficult i mean when i i was a a uh, communications major, School of Global Journalism and Communication. Uh, my major was broadcast and integrated media production. And so like, I just really wanted to go into radio. You know, like that was just my my big thing. I was like, I'm gonna go into radio. I wanna be a nationally syndicated radio personality is a huge end goal. Um, but I would love to get into like, a, you know, a top 50 market somewhere in the States, wanna go move down South or, you know, to the West Coast or whatever was going to give me the opportunity to put my degree to use. Um, I was really hell bent on that, like not wasting, you know, my, my, my taxpayer money, my mom's money and saying like, oh, you know, I went to college for this and I'm not working in that field. And so when time for graduation came, um, it was looking a, more and more bleak for me going directly into radio. Although I had been on the radio before, shout out to WEAA 88.9 on our campus. I was um, student host of the Strictly Hip Hop program, which is the longest running hip hop show in the state of Maryland. Um, and it aired um, from midnight to 5 a.m. And so I was able to live that dream out. Um, even though I know I wanted to do it professionally on another scale, I was able to live that dream and I had to be okay with that. And then I had to say, well, how else can I put my degree to use without it being 
and radio because okay. it's broadcast and integrated media production. There's so many other things I can do with this. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to just be radio. And I also had to think about the fact that, you know, when I had made my plans and my my goals and my dreams, I was significantly younger than I was when I graduated, which I'm a significantly younger than I am now. And so I feel like I've changed in the time in which I first created those goals into where I am mm-hmm. in my life now. And so I feel like because it's okay for me to change and for me to grow, it should be okay for my goals to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm thinking about, when I was going to do post-graduation, I said, hey, like, I need to make sure I have a full-time job or a job with a salary or something that's going to be able to help me pay for what I want my dream to ultimately manifest into. And so I said, well, what is the most noble position I can do that's going to give me satisfaction in my life and then help me still on my journey to want to bring other voices and, and, and people to the table? And I said, I'm going to become a teacher. I'm going to be a high school teacher. And that allows me to inspire the next generation of people who want to be uh, in the entertainment industry and in, mm-hmm. in, in the, in the communications industry and whatever it is that they choose. And so that is what I did immediately after college. I, you know, went to Charlotte, North Carolina, joined the Teach Charlotte program, um, finished that program in a uh, summer's time. And mm-hmm. then I, that fall, I started August 31st, 2015. I'll never forget, it was my first day stepping into the classroom teaching high school English, ninth and 10th grade. Um, and so I'm like still not in the event, still not doing what I wanted to do then, but I was doing something that I knew was noble. And so just fast forward to when I decided I was going to quit my job, I had gotten hired by Scoremore, who was tapped to be the production company behind J. Cole's Dreamville Fest. Yeah. Um, Dreamville Fest. I went to a meeting like July in Dreamville Fest. I got the email July uh, 24th, I think, 2018. That was back when the festival was going to be in September of 2018, uh, of 2019, or trying to get my years messed up because of the pandemic. It got our years just kind of like all (laughs) over the place. But um, I got hired to do uh, street teaming there, selling tickets um, for the festival. And then subsequently, I applied to be a ambassador on site I got hired for that as well but then even before that I had bought a ticket because I'm like I'm a J. Cole fan I'm going to the show regardless thank God I was able to get hired and you know be able to work the show I did the tickets and I worked on site and so once I worked that I said hey like this is really hypocritical of me for me to tell my students every day standing in front of them to follow your dreams follow your dreams follow your dreams and I'm not following mine so I had an epiphany there that I had to lead by example and I said to myself I said this is probably gonna be my last year teaching like I have to be done with this I have to like really lead by example and so um fast forward after Dreamville Fest was over in April of 2019 I had the Scoremore is based in Austin Texas but they do festivals um in and around Texas and so I had flew to Texas on my own dollar. And like, I'm going to teach a salary, y'all. So there wasn't a lot of money there. Mm-hmm. But, but mm-hmm. I was really committed to making this dream happen. Um, and so I was like, man, I'm just going to fly out there. You know, I, I asked him like, hey, is it cool for me to apply? Can I come out there? I was like, yeah, you're good. Flew out there. Shout out to Camille Wright. She was my supervisor at the time. Flew out there to El Paso. Worked in Neon Desert, Texas in um, May of that year. Then flew back out there again to San Antonio to work the Mala Luna Festival. Then flew back out there into Houston to work Travis Scott's festival in 2019, just to show that dedication. And I was, I mean, there was no a lot, not a lot of money there. So I was like broke. I was like, I had mm-hmm. nothing but like, you know, like J. Cole, a dollar in a dream. And, mm-hmm. and I was in that mindset, like, how am I gonna make this happen? Cause yeah, there was those times when I doubted the path that I was on. I doubted the fact that should I have, you know, really pushed harder to be in radio? Should I have become a teacher at all? Should I be on a road with quitting my job? You know, like, what am I gonna do? You know, cause I, back then it kind of felt like a failure to be in any field outside of the one you went to school for. Yeah. You, you know, you have to recognize like the failure is only if you find yourself defeated. Yeah. because of what other people place on the value of what they know you yeah. before and not what they know you on now. People didn't know that I would want to be a college professor. I want to mm-hmm. be a college professor teaching communication studies. That's why I went into education. That's why it made sense for me to take that path. There's nothing wrong with taking a detour. And I know people may have seen this quote before, but delay does not mean denied. Mm-hmm. So you can't stay in that depression and you can't stay in the mold because you have to... I also read something that said you need to use the job you have now for the job that you want in the future. 
Yeah. Use those resources, use those connections, use those that network you have and build a platform for you to jump to the next thing. Right. Yeah, I love that. That was so beautiful and so well said. And I'm so happy that you touched on all the points that you did, because like for me in my current life, that's exactly, you know, what I'm going through. So I got my degree in social work. I practiced for about like two years. And then um, where I am now, like I'll I'll be hitting my third year come May. But like now I'm basically like full time trained, a training actress and like being an actress was always something that like as a kid, probably like high school, like I was like, oh, I, I have a dream of um, being like the main character of a big movie one day. But like I never thought it was something I would actually, you know, really pursue. And I think that for a long time and maybe still a little now, like I've struggled with the fact that I walked away from, you know, what I went to school for. And so. Like, even sometimes with, like, my family, like, my grandmother, you know, I'm the, like, my immediate family, as far as, like, my mom, you know, like, I'm, she didn't finish college. Like, I was the first to mm -hmm. finish college. So, like, for me to go to, to school and get this degree, like, to her, and, like, all of my dreams leading up to it, like, on paper sound so amazing. Like, okay, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to um, get my social work degree. This going to be my foundation. Then I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to become a lawyer. Then I'm going to work my way up to be a judge for juvenile court, like, on paper, it so, sounds so amazing. So when I walked away from it, where I'm currently walking away from it, like, you know, like, I know my grandmother has had, like, such a hard time with it. Because she's, like, she's always, like, well, Brittany, are you sure? Like, I, like your plan was just so good. Like, you worked so mm -hmm. hard to, to let go of it. And that's something that kind of, like, bothered me. Because, you know, you when you walk away from something, you have that burden yourself. Like, you know, mm -hmm. just questioning, like, well, did I make the right decision? Did I walk away too soon? Do I really know what I'm doing? Like, you know, and then I just had to kind of be at peace with my decision and trust that my journey is, you know, leading up to where it's supposed to be. And it'll happen in its own perfect time and just say like, okay, well, this is not something that, you know, my family may not may understand right now, but more than anything, I'm trusting my internal, you know, instinct. So it's like, it's going to lead me somewhere. And I love how you said, like, it's nothing wrong with taking detours because I think that in my life right now, I... Like, I'm trying to help myself understand that even though that this feels like a really, really dry season, there are several things that, like, I'm learning and several things that I needed to experience in this season yeah. to propel me forward. So that way, when mm -hmm. I walk into whatever it is that I'm supposed to, I'm fully equipped. And I wouldn't have had I not gone through this, you know. But okay. I think it's, it's definitely easier said than done because once you're in those periods and you're, like, questioning, did you make the right decision? Or you're just going through that depressive state of, like, not having enough money, not being able to live your life you want, it's especially when you go to college where like, I love how you highlight it. You know, when we choose our major, we're 18. Like mm -hmm. I am 100% a different woman than I was. Like we are not the same girl at all, you know? <laughs> so it's like, if that changes, then so I, so will I. So yeah, you touched yeah. on a, a lot of great points. Mm -hmm. I completely yeah. agree. I completely agree. And I definitely resonated with what you said. Um, when you mentioned that just because you had this certain degree, it doesn't mean that it's not these abund it's not an abundance of things that you can do with that degree. Right. And I feel like I struggled with that for a while once I graduated. I was like, no, I can only go to this path. I can only go to law school. I can only become a lawyer. That's all I can do. And little did I know, like now looking back at it, I wouldn't have been happy doing that. Like that's not what God wanted me to do. It's so many other things. And now I'm at a nonprofit. And I'm like, whoa, like I could have been looking into going to a nonprofit because mm -hmm. I love this way more. And the work I do is way more purposeful than it ever could have been going into the corporate life. You know what I mean? No shade against anybody that does that. But me personally, I know for a fact that's not what my soul wanted. And that's not it wouldn't have made me happy at all. And so um, I love that you said, like, it's still so many things that you could do. You don't have to take that one path that um, society pushes you to take within that major or you know what you thought you wanted to take at the age of 17 18 years old and now me personally I got to college when I was 17 and I made that decision I'm now 26 years old and like you said I'm, I'm a completely different person like I don't yeah. relate to that dream that I had at that point full wholeheartedly I do you know kind of part of me is still in it but that's not who I am today so I love that you said that. And I love that 
another thing that I noticed as well in careers, like we're building skill, like whatever you're doing, you're building skill. So just because you're very, very, very good at that one thing doesn't mean you have to do that specific thing. That skill that you have could be perfection in another area that you're probably not even paying attention to, but you'll learn later on in life within a few years that like that skill fits this career perfectly. And I actually love doing this and I'm actually happiest doing this you know what I mean so it's like you know taking that pressure off of our shoulders of just feeling like we have to go down one path or else we're unsuccessful right yeah, so like y'all yeah. both hit the, like the nail on the head there and that's part of the reason why I was happy that I was a teacher in the prime of my life I feel like quote mm-hmm. unquote was because being like I started became a teacher when I was 24 so just being mm-hmm. able to be kind of like someone like a big brother to them and not another older person telling them what to do, it was kind of like, mm-hmm. hey, there are other careers out here, especially being a black man in the classroom. And there's no shade to our, our, our amazing black PE teachers, physical education, because that's needed as well. But I think so often we place just the, the athleticism and the physicality of black men ahead of the academia and ahead of other fields in which we could prosper in. And so it was important to me as a young black man to show the young black man in school and the young Latino men as well, black and brown, that there are other career fields out here if you don't make it to the NFL. It is okay. If you don't make it to the NBA, it is okay. There are so many other things that you can do that are just as as impactful, if not more. Um, and we don't have a lot of that visibility when we're growing up or when we're choosing our majors or when we're making these life decisions that we are trying to help, you know, we're trying to bind our younger souls to. We don't have a lot of that guidance because, you know, to Brittany's point, like, you know, you're the first to know your family to go to college. Like, same for me. Like, I was the first in my family to graduate from college. You know, like, I didn't have, you know, people to un- understand, like, what a FAFSA was and what a FEC was and what that meant for my financial aid and any of that. Like, I didn't even know when I was a senior in college where I was going to college. Thank God for my vice principal, Mr. Morrell, who was a Morgan alum. And I had heard through the grapevine he was getting people into Morgan. And I went to him and said, hey, say, I need to go to college. <laughs> what do I need to do? He was like, hey, take this application, fill it out. You don't got to worry about no, um, no essay or application fee or anything. Get this back to me as soon as possible. And I did that. And I thank God for him. That's why I say I didn't choose Morgan. Morgan chose me. And so it's really mm-hmm. important for us to let the journey and the path be that and us to trust it. Because we don't need to know, you know, how to get there. We just need to know where we're going. God's going to do everything mm-hmm. else. You know, mm-hmm. everything else. Right. It's amazing. It is so amazing. It's refreshing, you know, because yeah. I think that the like just navigating life outside of college is just it. Like I remember when I was graduating, and I had this like feeling. I was so sad. Like I had, and a lot of times when I'm sad, I like to sit in it and just be like, okay, mm-hmm. so like, what exactly is bothering me? You know, instead of like just being sad and like not knowing, so that way once I realize. What I'm sad about, I can address it accordingly. So, like, it was, like, a couple of days after I graduated, I'm just sitting there, and I'm so sad. I'm like, why am I sad like this? And I realized that I had this feeling of, like, I felt like my life was over, you know? And I think that being in high school or, like, you know, preparing for college, you're you're told, like, these are going to be the best four years of your life. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, like, preparing to go into the workforce, I'm just like, dang, like, if the best four years of my life are over, then what does that mean for me moving forward? And it took me a while, but once I realized, like, the best four lives of, like, those were the greatest four years of my life thus far, but my life has not ended. It actually just started, you know? And then I think that from there, I was able to get more excited about what what was happening in my life. And as I continue to grow and as I continue to evolve, it was like, okay, like, you know, I learned to stop taking things personal. And I think that that is like a key part in success. Like, because no matter if you are going to be the person that has the most money in the world, you're going to go through things like trials and tribulations are inevitable. It's a part of life, you know, and it's not like always an attack on who you are or the right or wrong decision that you made or a choice that you made. You know, like, I think that as I was like, going through life at the college and just experiencing certain things at, in the beginning, I felt like it was a reflection of like, dang, well, if I would have did this better in college, this wouldn't happen. Or if I would have just, you know, called that person when I was supposed to call them, maybe this wasn't, you know, didn't happen. And then I had to just realize like, okay, for one, you're taking it so personal when like, regardless if you did that or not, these things would still happen. And then when yeah. I learned to like embrace my trials and tribulations and be like, dang, like this is the hardest 
thing that I've ever experienced. Yet when I come out of it, I'm always going to be stronger. Like, you know, and I've, it's so crazy because I've like lately have been finding myself praying and I'm like, you know, God, like, I don't want to go through this. And like the moments where I'm not playing, praying, I'm very upset because I feel like this is so hard and I shouldn't have to go through it. But like, as the weeks go on, I literally feel myself growing stronger. And I appreciate that, you know, so much. And then to that point as well, I think that sometimes we like, especially for those who have like had to grow up in a rough, you know, circumstances mm-hmm. or like being the first in your college, like in your family to go to college and things like that. I think that we age ourselves a lot, like because mm-hmm. we had to step up as a kid and be, you know, more mature than we should have had to be. We feel like we're so much older than we actually are, you know, so it's like. We like for me, I'm still I'm I'm not even 25. Yeah, I mean, thank God I'm gonna turn 25 in 16 days. But, <laughs> but it's like, Come on, I'm February not, babies. <laughs> I'm not like 25 yet, so it's like really in all reality. Why am I stressing and making myself feel like a failure when I haven't even hit like the peak of my life? Yeah, you know, and it's just like we have so much more life to experience for things to go right, you know, more than where they're going wrong in our current situation. So I feel like we shouldn't get so down. Yeah, yeah, I totally like a thousand percent agree. And I resonate with what you said as far as like having to grow up at such a young age. Like, I feel like now that it kind of creates you to be like the person who's always the strong person Mm -hmm. and the person that always has to have it figured out. And so Mm -hmm. I definitely like in full vulnerability could say like, that's something that I carry with me today is like, I feel like I always have to have it figured out. So the moment where I don't, I feel like I'm failing or I'm not doing something right. And that prevents me from wanting to like, you know, change careers or change what I'm doing because then, you know, if I do that, I'll be in a space of, not knowing a space of unknown and that is very scary to me because I'm so used to being the person that has it all figured out the person that knows what she wants to do the person that is strong you know what I mean and so I feel like that definitely has a big impact on us and our you know young women even today in our careers and what we choose to do and you know what I mean but at the same time I do agree in saying like we have so much time. It's so many times when I'm like watching a show and they're like, somebody will say their age, you know, like, girl, you got time. Like what? You're 20. What? Uh, you're 30. What? Oh, you got time. Like, you know what I mean? And so I want us to like, it challenges me to like, not be as hard on myself as I am and to give myself that, that dry period and allow that. I that said like, enjoy where you are right now. You know, a few years before, or a few years prior, you would have loved the person you are today. You would have literally like been happy with that person. So yeah. be happy with being here. Be happy with being present in this moment and just enjoy that for a little bit and allow yourself to sit in that for a little bit without thinking of what's the next thing and what's the next thing and what do I need to be doing now to be greater, to be better. You know what I mean? And so that that's why sometimes recently, honestly, I had to take a step back from social media because I feel like it's that kind of energy online and I need to be in my own energy. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it's important for us to listen to our voice and not every other voice that's going on around us. And so um, that brings me into our next question. I guess this is a question for everybody. I want to kind of like get a little fun or play for whatever. So I want to know from both of you, what would your child like self so let's say like your five-year-old self say to you today if they could look at you and see everything you're doing right now all the accomplishments you've made you know with that five-year-old child going through whatever they were going through at that moment what would they say to you today it could be short it could be long whatever whatever y'all want it to be Mm. I think that that's a great question. I was actually thinking about this earlier today. So it's funny that you said that. But I think that my five year old self, like I can see her just hugging me so tight and saying like, oh, my God, you did it. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think that even though like in my current space of life, like I may feel like I'm not where I want to be. Like, I feel like I am where I dream to be. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I can appreciate that. Like, I feel like, you know, when I was younger, especially with my mom going through her illness and taking care of my mom. Like I always wanted to be like, um, 
a person who like moved to new cities and tried new cities and tried new things. Mm -hmm. And I always, as a kid felt very um, like hindered because I was a primary caregiver at a point in time for my mom, you know, and like, even with me going to Morgan, um, Morgan wasn't my number one school. It was in my top five, but me going to Morgan, like I really wanted to go even like I was two hours away from home. I wanted to go further than that, but Morgan gave me that perfect balance of like being close from close enough to home in case of emergency, but being far away. But the moral of my story is like, even being in Maryland, I used to feel like, dang, like I want to live further than this. Like, I just want to just go. And I used to feel like I couldn't because of how ill my mom was. So for me now to be like, had to finally uh, like stirred up the courage to move, go to another state. Like I finished college, like I'm trying new careers. Like, it's like, this is exactly who I wanted to be as a child. Like, I'm her, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think my I think my younger child is extremely proud. Like, I think, feel like she's overjoyed. Like, she wants to keep hugging me. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Thomas Shea? Yeah, for me, um, I, the earliest I can remember, I mean, I don't know if I can go back to five years old because, I mean, I'm getting <laughs> But um, I do recall my mom, you know, will she'll, she'll forever say this and a number of people in my family. I used to grow up saying that I wanted to be the first Black president of the United States. Yes. So, thanks for, so thanks for Barack Obama because that can never happen now. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, as far as, like, what my childlike self would, would, would feel about me today, um, I just was making a post about this on Facebook. It's so crazy that, you know, in my work now, you know, um, we just finished the working the NFC championship game um, Mm -hmm. at SoFi Stadium, which is where I work. Uh, And it it, it takes me back to being a kid and, you know, me being very firm on who I was and me understanding what was things that I liked and enjoyed and things that I didn't like and I didn't enjoy. And, you know, being the only son, I'm just the oldest, I'm the oldest of four. I have three younger sisters. And being the only son, of course, like, you know, your dad wants you to play, you know, football and, and be, you know, very athletic and to, you know, play basketball or whatever sport because they have these ideas or these dreams or these, uh, these goals picked out for you in their head. They're living vicariously through you because mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, you know, their dreams and their, their uh, aspirations couldn't, you know, come true. And so that for me caused some friction in my relationship with me and my father. And I think that, you know, he wanted me to go up and to, to, to be an, an athlete, but I wasn't an athlete. You know, I, I, I played basketball for years. I did it for my dad and I was good at it. I was decent at it. I ain't gonna say I was good. I was decent at it. But then, you know, that just wasn't enough. He wanted to, he wanted to force me to play football. And I was like, you know, like, you know, dad, that's like, that's like not my thing. And I can recall him, you know, calling me a punk for me not wanting to play mm-hmm. football. And it was at that moment where I was like, you know what? nothing I do is going to make you proud of me or, you know, happy for the things that I want to do. So I'm not doing anything anymore unless I want to do it. And I quit basketball that year and I started doing what I wanted to do, which was, you know, I loved music and I loved entertainment and I love, you know, fashion and art and, you know, really vibrant stuff. And um, so fast forward to me now working and my job is hosting the Super Bowl and I'm managing the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and NFC championship games and things like that. It's crazy. The child in me, the child back then and now it's like, like we didn't see any of this happening, but it's so crazy how full circle my yeah. life has come because it's multiple instances that I could date back to, you know, things and uh, scenarios that happen just like that with other people who I've encountered in my life. And, you know, the way that I live, it's like, okay, I never forget those things as I'm moving on, but I'm living the best life I can possibly live because of how I am as a person, because I do recognize what it's like to have your dreams shattered by the people you love the most. So I'm always encouraging people to live their best life and to follow their dreams. Because if somebody, I, I know what it's like to have your light taken. That's why I'm always giving people the light from 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 within me because it takes nothing for me to light somebody else's it goes back mm-hmm. to our promethean procession at morgan state how your light is being lit by other people in the morgan community and as mm-hmm. you're walking with your fellow morganites to the destination to the end to signify what that journey is going to mean for you you have people protecting it and you have people trying to put it out and you have to m- navigate that journey for you and it's going to look different for everybody but I feel like if you can keep moving down the path and let those situations, like the situation with me and my dad, fuel you, 
you have no choice but to succeed. And a lot of the greatest people in our time have succeeded through adversity. You know, I was just watching a Janet Jackson documentary and how they were talking about how hard Joe Jackson was on the family. But look at where they are. Yeah. Look at etched in history. So I feel like a lot of the a lot of things that we go through in our lives, and Brittany touched on it, you know, her having to be a caregiver for her mom, those situations put us in a different league, in a different mindset, a different hustle, a different determination. There's a different hunger that's there because it's 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 something that we're trying to feel within ourselves. No matter it's a lack of something, no matter it's a want for something more, a desire for something. Um, so yeah, I think the, the, the kid in me is going to be, is, is like surprised because, you know, sports is not like our forte. This, you know, we do music and that, but when it comes to like me owning my own um, talent management company, you know, the, the child in me who was growing up watching, you know, Diddy on making a band and putting together, you know, bad boy records and things like that is, is super proud. Um, a lot of the things that I've done is super proud, super surprised, but the kid in me is super proud. Mm. I love that. I love that too. I thank love, you for sharing. That, thank you for that question, Joy. That's so amazing to like, you know, really just, it gives you so much peace. And I think the yeah. thing that, that now I'm thinking about is like, it's even more of a reason to just enjoy the journey and mm -hmm. not stress because the same way how we're saying like, oh, like our younger self is thinking ourselves now, you know, there's going to come a time where we'll be a lot older. We'll be in our fifties. We'll be in our sixties. And, and, you know, wherever life may take us, we'll look back and the things that we stress that we don't have now, like then we'll have them and we'll look back and be like, wow, once again, you know, I did it. And so I think the key to it is, is this really like not being so obsessive over the destination, but just being accepting of the journey because you'll never get to a destination without a journey. There's always going to be a journey. Even if you're in a car, you have to go from, you have to get in the car and drive from point A in order to get to point B. So I think that if we like, you know, just accept that there will be a journey and be like accepting of whatever it is and trust that our life is being like divinely guided. I feel like we'll be okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel like so light and so like yeah, same. a lot of confirmation is coming through. Like everything y'all are saying is like just reiterating to me what I need to do and reiterating to me like that I'm in the right place at the right. right time and I'm where I'm supposed to be. And so this is all amazing. And it also feels good to like hear from people like me that look like me, like we're, mm -hmm. we're either going through the same thing or I've been through this and I can teach you how to get through that. Or I can tell you the lesson that I learned through that. You know what I mean? And so that feels just really good and really confirming and affirming. And I really love that. I really do. And I appreciate y'all. Yeah, definitely. Um, same. I feel I yeah. feel very light in it. Like, yes. this space of gratitude. So mm -hmm. yes. I love that. And I hope that everyone is, like, you know, taking away a lot. And one thing that I would like for you to touch on, Thomas J., if you can, is how do you feel about work-life balance? And what does that look like mm -hmm. for you? And the reason why I asked it, this question is because as I was writing my goal list, um, this year, I realized that I feel like my career takes like, like if I could put my life on a hundred percent scale, I think 60% of like my stress and my efforts are going towards career. And so mm. I, I think that's too much of a percentage and I'm trying to work on like, you know, putting just as much energy in other areas of my life. But I would like you to touch on like, what does a work-life balance look like for you? Yeah. Like Brittany, that's such a crazy like question to ask. And especially in the in the time which you asked it, because I was just talking to somebody about how I feel like there is no compartmentalization when it comes to my life and my career. And mm -hmm. I am at a place now where I feel like that's okay. Um, at first, I would have been like, oh, work-life balance. I want to be able to balance my work and my life. But I'm in a place right now at 30 years old and, mm -hmm. you know, a mid-level position in my career to because of my career to have those things meld themselves together and that'd be okay i my life is entertainment and 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 music that's what i do and what i love all the time and so yet yeah, as the mechanics of it and the intricacies and stuff like that i wish i didn't have to be so focused on all the time but i'm if i'm not then i am at an event, you know what I'm saying? Like, or I'm thinking about an event or I'm, it's, 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 it's no separation for me at this point, 
But I think it's important for people, especially if you're prioritizing your mental health, for you to find what work-life balance is, is for you. Because I know there are so many other demanding jobs. It's the job of a, of a physician and, or a nurse or a teacher or um, you know, a, a, an engineer is not going to look like that of a rapper, a singer, a, a music executive, a, a, you know, everybody's is going to look different. But I think prioritizing what that looks like for you and be able to find certain things that give you the balance is important. For me, I would say like a work-life balance. I, I, I like to go get me a haircut every week if I can. You know, those are things that I prioritize for my, for my self-care. I definitely am a man to get my, my, my manicure and my pedicure, you know, so I have to get that at least every three weeks. Those are things I would like to do. To, I, I like to implement in my work-life balance, but then just being able to have times when I can go on a walk, you know, especially with me exploring LA. I, I've been in LA for only five months now. And so I, I, I haven't really had the opportunity to kind of get out and see a lot of, because I am working all the time. My job is demanding. It's a, a NFL regular season that happens and when it's not it wasn't a game during the season we had concerts you know it was uh, so much going on constantly and I feel like I haven't I've been gassed out I, I have had those moments where it's like oh my god like am I ever going to have a moment for myself but then I had mm-hmm. to recognize and this is something that Joy touched on um you know and I think you touched on too Brittany it's like I would I would used to pray to be where I am now I mm-hmm. used to you know, wish that I was where I am now. And so I can't complain about where I'm at. And not saying that wanting a work-life balance is complaining, but being able to find that and recognizing that when we chose the path that we on or to live the life that we wanted or the career that we are pursuing or the job that we accepted, we all were always just thinking about, oh, the salary that we were going to get and how we were going to be able to live and the things that we were going to be able to do, the impact we were going to be make and how great everything was, but not about the things that were going to be a little bit tough. Right. The things that were going to be a little bit rough, the things that were going to shake us up a bit. And so, and these are all those things because when you're having and experiencing a new career, especially me, I, I, when I was at work, like this is three months, I was on, you know, the 90 days, you want to give the best impression, you want to work mm-hmm. hard, you want to show your work ethic, you want people to know, like they made the right decision when they chose you as the candidate to fill this slot. So like the first three months, like I'm busting my tail because like, I need to show y'all like, I didn't come all the way over from the East Coast to the West Coast, you know what I'm saying, to Slack. I came over here to work and I'm gonna show y'all that y'all chose the best person. Now, you know, approaching, I, I just crossed the five month mark of my job yesterday. I am Congrats. to your point, like trying to recognize, thank you. That, like that work back balance is super important, but I did define what that looks like for me. So yeah, I am, you know, tired of maybe like doing events super all the time, but like now that might make compel me to say like, what is something chill that I can go to because I still want to be at events and still want to be at things but mm-hmm. I don't want to be thinking about oh well, they could have did this and the lights are not like this and then like, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying the <laughs> like this like I want to be able to kick back and just enjoy myself and, and have a nice whiskey sour or a nice glass of red wine and just be able to be you know present and so again it goes back to figuring out what that looks like for you and I know people might say that that's such a cliche answer but it's really true because mm-hmm. I can't give an answer that works for me because it's not going to work for you. And then you're going to be like, oh, hey, well, he said that if I would have just, you know, ran a bubble bath and I would have lit candles around the tub that I could be stress-free for a day. No, if that works for you, then that works for you. But I'm just saying what works for me. And I think it's important that everybody start thinking about that. So I really appreciate that question, Brittany, for sure. Yeah, of course. No problem. And I think that that's why it's so important to um to choose a career like you know Mm -hmm. at least for what's in your control that aligns with your soul and i say Mm -hmm. that because i i think that once you start getting to that mid-level or that you know the the top level of your job sometimes your your work becomes your life you know It, it while i can say oh i don't want work to be 60% 60% of my life and maybe have a take a smaller percentage in the reality it does take up most of your life because most times you're spending more time at work than you're spending with your like in your relationship mm-hmm. with your friends your loved ones whatever mm-hmm. so like it's important to you know I remember we had a guest on the episode his name was Justice Khalil and he he said like it's so important to have work feel like therapy so like you know those moments mm-hmm. where you can't get off or you cannot mm-hmm. you know just fall back or you know, put that boundary up. Like, are you still going to feel safe in that space? You know, so I think that those are just some questions that we should ask ourselves, like, as we, you know, 
make our career choices. Yeah, I love when you, that you, you quoted the gentleman who was on a few, uh, a past episode of y'all because that's what I do when I need to clear my head. Like, that work for my therapy. When I'm in my office and I'm at my desk and I'm just feeling like things like, you know, overwhelming, I just go and take the escalator up one floor and I go out and I look at the bowl of the stadium. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hold on. Like, this, all of this don't mean anything. Like, look at where I'm working. Look at where I can go and have a lunch break at. I'm looking at mm-hmm. the most expensive NFL stadium in the world. Stadium in the mm-hmm. world, period. Like, look at this. And so, yes, that that guy, that work should feel like therapy line. Chef's kiss. That was that was <laughs> that was perfect. Chef's kiss. Yes. Yeah. And I'm learning that as well. Um, and I can honestly finally say I'm in a space at in my career where I feel very close to that feeling, very close to like, oh my gosh, like I love this. I feel appreciated in this space. I feel so rewarded in this space I feel like I feel good I don't feel drained I don't feel well sometimes I do not gonna lie but I don't feel like you know what I mean I don't feel as if I don't want to wake up this day and go to work or I thinking of a way not to go to work you know what I mean and I'm just so grateful to not have that feeling even though I know like we discussed so much in the podcast already you know there's all we're continuing to grow and elevate. And of course, with that, our careers may change or elevate or differ in some type of way. But at this moment right now, I can say I'm very appreciative of that. And I'm very appreciative of the opportunities that my job also gives. Like, I was so surprised when they were like, okay, y'all, like, we have um, bi-weekly therapy sessions and oh, we wow. can all, you don't have to overshare, but you can come in here and we can all just talk. And I'm like, what? what who does this? you know what I mean and it's stuff like that or we have black caucus meetings where you know all the black people can just come together and we can just de-stress and digress or whatever that looks like and it's like crazy to me because I would have never thought that I would be in a space of just feeling so valued and seen and heard and like you know what I mean in a space where it's not just work 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 but in a space where I get that time to allow my work to feel like therapy or allow my career to feel like therapy so um, I'm definitely very grateful for that. And I'm glad that you're in that space of well as well of just being able to appreciate where you are and digress and feel comfortable mm-hmm. and just be proud of yourself in that space. And I feel like that's very important. Once you get a taste of that, you're like, okay, I can't go back. I got to keep going up. I got to keep elevating. And I feel like that's also when you know you're closer and closer and closer to what you really, you know, are supposed to be doing and what you're purpose is whatever that looks like um yes and so uh one of my last questions is um so like what we talk about we talked about how you got here you know your journey throughout but a tough I was specifically um in a space of like applying for jobs and figuring out what I wanted to do I got to one point where I was just applying anywhere. Like, I was doing anything. Like, Joy, I was applying to be a um, teacher in China. Like, I was like, girl, (laughs) like, you know dang well. So it's like, you know, I got very desperate because I got, you know, discouraged by just getting those letters of like, okay, we're not going to go with you. We're not going to go with you. And going through the interview, the entire interview, you know, and them not going with me and me feeling like I did very well. Um, and you know, that's a very discouraging process. So could you give any advice to the people who are working on their resume or their cover letter or like any interview pointers, you know? Yeah, that's, no, I, I, I've been there. I've been there. Like I was like, I mean, I had interviews to be a pilot, like, I was putting in applications anywhere, you know, so I definitely feel you, but, um, one of like my top recommendations I always give people is um, resume building site is called Enhanced CV. It's e e n c h a n c v dot com. Um, the website that that's the website I use to create my resume. Um, it gives you suggestions for resume templates that are within certain fields, so you can select a field and it'll you know kind of give you an example of skills you should use and you know words that you can you know put mm-hmm. into your resume that will help you you know with the ATP track ATP tracking system to be able to get through to the next round and it also gives you choices to use if there's an actual human that's reading you know your mm-hmm. 
your resume as well. I swear by it. It helped me also with like with mirroring that with my LinkedIn as well. Um, you know, people to be able to verify those things. But um, yeah, I would use that resume going to site, but also leverage the experience that you had. One of the things that I use, I use for my my resume, which is still on it, was when I was a Mojo Council Director. I don't, and it's the way that you spend it. Like I don't put a Mojo Council Director because no one knows what that means outside of yeah. people who were at Morgan at the time. So I put Director of Special Events because technically mm-hmm. that's what I did. I was the director of the Special Events, Homecoming, Back to School Week, um, Black History Month, uh, Women's History Month. I was in charge of doing programming for those particular instances. So that's what I did and highlighted the things that I did. I did manage a budget of over $200,000. I did book artists like Cole and Nigos and Big Sean to come perform on our campus. And it's all about how you word the, those things and make sure that you're accurate with it. But you have, to, you have to sell yourself before you get to the interview. People have to figure out, oh, okay, I want this person because this is what they did for this company. This is what I could potentially see them doing for me. Um, so I definitely feel like you need to leverage those ex- the experience you use in college and then it's really important for the jobs that you have after college, whether they're in your field or not, for you to be able to use the skills that are transferable. Mm-hmm. Because if you have, like me being a teacher and in, in my experience really helped with me understanding how to manage people, how to manage emotions, how to manage situations that arise when there's friction between two people. So I took that problem solving and I took that supervision mm-hmm. and all of the skills that, I, that came with that and I applied them to managing events when I did be, when I was just a regular um, um, worker at the festival to when I became an ambassador coordinator. So now, hey, how to manage certain personalities? These people, yeah, we're all at work, and they might be able to do their job. But would these two personalities work well on this particular project, knowing there's a bigger goal in mind? Probably not. So you're just being able to identify what skills that you had at one particular job and how they can be transferred to another job. Highlight those in your experiences. Um, on LinkedIn, make sure you get some recommendations from people who you've done events or you've done projects with. Mm-hmm. There are certain people who are in your network that you've done things with that you might not think are important. They are significant. You need to be able to use that. Um, use the time that you haven't had uh, any employment because I know some people may have had gaps in their resume. Create yeah. a company. Create a company. And if you did things that would go underneath that company, do that. When I was had a gap in between jobs. I created Thomas J Live Entertainment, which is the company that I did. And I was doing my own podcast, which I had with the J Agenda. I put that information like that under it. When I was a, a, a contractor and I was you know, hired to work the NBA All-Star Weekend in 2019, I put that under Thomas J Live Entertainment because I got a check for that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't with a particular, I couldn't put a particular company on my resume for working with them for a couple of days. That was Thomas J. Live Entertainment, me representing myself and my brand. So you have to sell yourself in your resume and in, on your LinkedIn, you know, so you can be successful. I don't really have that much um, to say about cover letters because I detest them. I don't write them. I mm-hmm. think they are um, archaic and shouldn't be used in the hiring process. So all HR managers out there, let's do away with the cover letters, okay? <laughs> so, oh yeah. so I have, that was a great answer. I have one final question as well that I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask um, the rest of our guests that are going to come on for this series. So um, what was, or and you may, you know, if you may need to take a second to like reflect on it, that's okay. But what was the one decision that you would consider the groundbreaking decision that really, you know, altered your career or took your career in a space in which you're happy and at peace with? Mm, I love that. That is a crazy fire question. (laughs) I'm like, when you're saying that, I'm like, (laughs) okay. There, mm, one, one decision one groundbreaking decision yeah like the decision that you (laughs) yeah okay so let me i can say it in a different way so like when you're like when it's all said and done right and like you think back to your life and like this phase where things have really really started getting started like what is that one decision that you're gonna say like you know they say you're a decision away from like your dream life or whatever like what thus far has been the one decision that you have made that has made like a significant difference in your career Okay. Okay. So the first question, the first way you asked the question was a different way. The second point. So I'm going to address both parts if that's cool. Okay. The first, the first way that you asked the question, I will probably say when I like 
decided I was going to come back to Morgan. So a lot of people don't know when I went to Morgan um, in the fall of 2009, I wasn't able to go back to Morgan in the spring of 2010 because of financial aid. And so I just didn't have the money to come back. And at the time they would do that, you know, look to your right, look to your left thing and orientation and say, you know, these people might not be with you to graduation. And that really stuck with me. And I was like, yo, I need to figure out a way to get back to Morgan. I need to figure it out. You know, I ended up getting hired at Target in March of 2010 and I worked and bust my tail off the entire year to figure out, okay, let me save this amount of money up. And then let me figure out how I can get my mom's, you know what I'm saying, tax information to help with, you know, my, my family. I need to figure this out. And I figured it out and I was able to come back fall of 2010 and finish out my matriculation but when I made the decision I was going to come back I said to myself I need to make the most of this opportunity because when I first joined I just was in fam you know as a, as a model and that was really much it I really wasn't involved in student organizations or anything outside of that I was just going to the club catching the cheese bus to go down to you know downtown Baltimore turn up and I end the comeback um, when I say I'm gonna make the most of this opportunity when I get if I get the chance to come back, I came back and I mean I just went crazy. I wanted I was it was a point I was on the e board of four different organizations. You know I was mm. I had left fam. I went to ABC. I was the choreographer for ABC. Um, there was a, a school spirit organization called I Am Morgan at the time. I was the chief of staff of that. I was in Smooth. Shout out to Strongman Overcoming Obstacles Through Hard Work. I was the vice president of Smooth and the president of Smooth. I joined mm. SGA like I mentioned before, Mojo Council Director. Um, I did so much, you know, the community service. I, I did so much to, to to really help shape, you know, what I wanted to do as far as a career, you know. Um, and so that was like a decision that I had made that was like, yo, I need to come back. But this, when you ask the question a second way, um, I would say the way I would answer this is when I decided to quit my job as a teacher, um, because when I quit in the, I quit my job um, October thirty first, two thousand nineteen. On Halloween, then that was a hell of a treat, right? <laughs> um, I, so when I quit, I was just under the, I just had a, a plan in my mind, like, all right, um, I've been working these festivals. I'm really good and with the team right now. So I know I'll be able to, you know, make something happen with income all next year because I'll be able to work so many live events. I have experience. I'm going to get hired. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I, I, I made a decision to quit and I did. I received my last check. I was like, okay, we out here on our own. I, I had, um, went to the Houston to work the festival out there. And then I came back and it was like, all right, I'm not waking up at 6 a.m. to teach the kids anymore. What am I, what am I doing? And then the tide turned, um, 2020 came and we all know what happened in 2020. Yeah. Um, when that happened, you know, all of my income got canceled, literally everything. So I wasn't teaching anymore because I'm thinking I'm gonna be able to work in festival and live events. But then festival and live events got canceled. I had got hired to work SXSW, but then that got canceled. And then we were going to do Dreamville Festival, but then that got canceled. Mm -hmm. And then you know, little by little, festivals got canceled, and that was a really dark period for me because I'm like, what am I going to do? But you know what? I I had to end up going back home into Maryland. Shout out to my mom for you know her even being there and open for me to to come back. But that put me in a place where I didn't know that it was going to take me to my dream city. I always wanted to live in LA, and Mm -hmm. I'm in LA. But I would have never gotten there if I didn't quit my job. And I didn't walk out on faith and bet on me. Because I had to say to myself, yo, like I said earlier, I can't be a hypocrite and tell my students to follow their dreams if I'm not going to follow mine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the safety net of me, of me teaching is cool. I, me and God shook on three years of me teaching. I, I, I broke the bond and went forward. Some friction started happening in that fourth year that made me to realize you got to go. Mm-hmm. And so when I, you know, saying it, God will push you when you're not, when, when you, when you are, you know, being apprehensive, he's going to make the decision for you. And so I needed to, I needed to, to, to quit for all of this to manifest itself. Me going back to Maryland and me feeling like that was a step back, but me actually taking a huge leap forward. Mm. When I came out here to visit in LA in the summer of last year, I had no idea I would have an interview a month later and then be hired a week after that and then be in LA three weeks after that. And now I'm five months into my job. So I, I say all that to say, take that leap. Cause I had to quit. God can't give you your blessing if your hands are full with mess. Yeah. You gotta drop some stuff. Mm. Mm, you better preach. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I needed. Can I just say you, like articulate so well you like are such a good storyteller because as you're saying everything I'm just imagining and I'm following (laughs) and what I took from that is like 
like Brittany was saying earlier, like our lives are so divinely ordered and like everything is divine. God has everything planned already. Like y'all said, we just got to enjoy the journey. And like you telling your story just now, that was such a testimony of like, trust God, surrender, enjoy the journey. And like, everything will be fine. Everything will turn out fine. Everything will be okay because you are protected and God is guiding you through this. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. And so everything truly happens for a reason is another thing. That's one of my quotes I love to say, but like you definitely show me that today and you confirm that today. Um, And I'm very appreciative. And I just want to say, I'm very thankful for you. You're one of the most hardworking people I know. You speak life in general. You spoke life in me that has changed my life in so many ways. And so I know that your future for sure will continue to be very, very blessed and very successful. And I'm thankful for you for joining us today on the podcast. Yes, definitely. Um, and yes, I'm very thankful. So, And I want to add as well, like, you know, like me and you didn't go to school together because, you know, obviously, like I'm a lot younger than you. But even for me to have you graduated in 2011, right? Was that right? Um, yeah, I was I was at Morgan and in 2011, yeah. 2011, okay. So like, I didn't come into Morgan until like 2015, and so the point that I'm trying to make is for your name to have been as yeah. significant as it was, you know, and for me to know you and know so much of you and like your work ethic for us to have like a significant gap in yeah. the times in which we would go to school. I think that says a lot about you and your impact and your work ethic. And just like, you know, let's take work out of it, just who you are as a person, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely appreciated. You know, when I think of Morgan greats, when I think of Morgan legends, like you're definitely on that list, at the top of the list at that. And so mm-hmm. like Thank George you. said, I know that that'll continue to pour into like your career and it's just like like we've talked about like we're literally just getting started you know so I'm excited to see what else God has in store for you because I know that this was just a little tickle and he's gonna blow your (laughs) mind so I pray you have an amazing 2022 like this year is like no other you know you deserve it yeah thank you I appreciate it I just want to say the growth that you women have demonstrated has been incredible Brittany I remember meeting you this like I don't I remember what some of the summer of our uh, we graduated yeah yes, you came to you came to Jasmine Garrett um, former Miss Morgan State University shout out to y'all alumni pack there being former Miss Morgan State but I met you at her graduate at her graduation <laughs> cookout and you know you were saying you were coming to Morgan I'm like oh this is really cool you know get to see a young Morgan Knight in the making and to just see you you know dominating your and your capacity and the legacy that you've left has been amazing to witness um to be able to see just knowing that I knew you I I met you when you didn't even step foot on Morgan's campus here. Mm-hmm. and to see that just the way that you have etched yourself into Morgan's legacy has just been amazing and joy you know we go back to when I first met you your freshman mm-hmm. year and you know just the growth that you've established I remember planning the you know the the dream team campaign yeah. with you know you and your vice presidential candidate at the time and I, I remember telling you like y'all gotta go and campaign like y'all competing against Jesus and God like <laughs> yeah. I don't care who won against y'all y'all need to compete like don't go be your opponents and oh, just to real. see the way that the campaign took a life of its own and the merchandise and the the aura that you all were able to create it really was in my opinion like a resurgence um of of, of things for the campus and so i'm just happy to have been able to have an impact in a small or large way um on and you know just not even youtube but just period in general morgan has my heart you know i bleed orange and blue and both you know sides of my body i'm always an advocate for our university um and so that's just something i'm always going to wear on my chest you know what i'm saying you know so um, I just am happy to be here. I'm grateful that this podcast exists. Shout out to you all. I will be remiss if I didn't shout out my mom, you know what I'm saying, my family, my sisters, all my best friends, all the people that I know that love and care about me. Um, and I also have to shout out, team, please, come on, Super Bowl champions. We want the LA Rams to win <laughs> yeah. this thing. Please bring it home, LA Rams. Yes. Um, we need OBJ to get a ring and, and you know, everybody <laughs> else. It'll be just great for the city of LA, um, you know, because LA didn't get to get their Lakers parade when they won. They didn't get to get the, you know, parade when I believe it was the Dodgers that won. So it'll just be mm. time for them to just really turn up if LA yeah. brings the Super Bowl home and at their home. You know, yeah. LA Rams play at SoFi Stadium. So Super Bowl we can bring it home it'll be amazing 
Um, but yeah, and I, oh, shout out Championship Division, my God, my Montana Management Company team, Project Santana, Jenny D, Tev Music, Mira, my vice president, Tyler, my executive assistant. You know, CD about to do some big things in 2022. It's about to be crazy. Um, I just shout out to everybody that's been rocking with me. Yeah. Official back to her podcast. Y'all are amazing, incredible. Uh-huh. Keep going, keep doing this thing. I'm looking forward to 100 episodes, 200 episodes, yeah. 500 yeah. episodes, <laughs> sponsorships, podcast, all of it, merchandise. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's get it. Aww. Aww. I appreciate you. you so much. I really appreciate you. Right. Um, we love you. And so, if you guys, um, if you want to just take a second and let them know where they can follow mm-hmm. you and keep up with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Thomas J underscore. That's T H O M A S J underscore. That's Instagram. That's Twitter. That's Facebook. Thomas J Live. Whatever you Google that, you can find me. You know what I'm saying? Stay tuned. Yeah, they love that. And if you aren't already, make sure that you follow our podcast. Our podcast podcast. Wait, no, our podcast Instagram at <laughs> official back to her, and that two is the number two. So, official number sign two. Oh, no, wait, what? <laughs> official back to her. You got and it. Then, uh, you can follow my personal page at according to Brit with three T's. Yes, and you can follow me at Joy Jolene, J O Y J O E L E N E, on Instagram. And we love and appreciate y'all so much. Make sure y'all subscribe and make sure y'all give us a rating, preferably a five-star rating. And we really five, hope five, you five. Yes. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. And again, thank you for listening to our Cautious with My Career series. Make sure y'all continue to tune in. Um, and also happy Black History Month, y'all. Yay. All right. See you guys. Have a great evening. Bye, guys. Bye.